Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm Flick Everett and I'm Yahoo's Senior Lifestyle Editor. Welcome to the Life Edit Podcast. Today, I'm extremely excited because we've got a very special guest joining us to talk about astrology. So please join me in welcoming Roxandra. Now, Rux has been a practicing astrologer for almost nine years. She was born and raised in Romania, and she's got her own YouTube channel and an astrology podcast. So if anybody knows what she's talking about, it's Rux. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi, Flick, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to know more about astrology because it's one of those things that we all see our horoscopes in the newspapers and in the magazines, and I occasionally do read mine. But I mean, there's obviously a lot more to it than that. It's very hard to just divide the population up into 12 zodiac signs and say all Geminis are going to have a good day at work or, you know, Virgos will find love today. So, is that real astrology? I mean, when you're reading the horoscopes, it's sort of 12 zodiac signs. Is it is it real or is it just nonsense? I would say um, magazines and uh, YouTube and the media presents to us um, only a sliver of what astrology is. So uh, horoscopes are based on your sun sign, the ones that you read in uh, magazines, etc. Uh, the sun is uh, based on your date of birth, but Astrology is much more complicated than that. Um, the cornerstone of astrology is what we call the birth chart. The birth chart is the map of the sky at the time when something was born or at the time when a person was born. And uh, there's multiple components to the birth chart. There's 10 planets, there's asteroids, there's um, 12 subdivisions of this birth chart, which is the map of the sky. Um, there's all 12 zodiac signs that actually exist inside every single uh, birth chart that uh, has ever been created. So we are all a lot more um, complex than our sun sign, but uh, sun sign horoscopes have become indeed very popular in the past uh, few decades. And it's quite, I, I would say it's its quite fun. It's, it's kind of like an easy read. It's a little bit of trivia, but real astrology is much more deep and profound and complex and complicated than uh, what we what we find in uh, in magazines. Wow, it sounds extremely complicated. So tell me then, how did you first get into it? How did you learn to draw up birth charts and to understand all the things that are going on in the sky for it to make sense to you? I always say that astrology found me um, back uh, home in Romania when I was uh, working for a television channel. I essentially met an astrologer. Uh, she uh, did a reading for me of my birth chart. It felt like she had always known me. I felt so seen. She pinned 
pinpointed some key dates in my life. And I'm like, what is this about? What is this astrology thing? And I started reading about it. I actually uh, later started studying with, with this astrologer who was my very first mentor. And uh, almost a decade uh, later, I am still learning. I always say that there's always more that you can learn in astrology. I've, uh, I've gone to classes, to courses. I've, I've studied uh, here in the UK with the Faculty of Astrological Studies. I've, uh, I've studied on my own as well. A lot of astrologers are actually uh, self-taught. I say once you get a good reading from an astrologer, it's almost impossible not to fall into it because it makes so much sense. Um, astrology is a language that reflects reality. Um, a lot of people have um, qualms around um, uh, embracing astrology because they think, oh no, it takes away my free will. It means everything is faded and so on and so forth. And I say nonsense. It's got nothing to do with um, uh, things being faded in the same way that French or English finds um, names for whatever happens around us, uh, astrology does the same. Astrology finds another language or another um, set of terms to explain the context of what is happening in our life. So life still happens with or without astrology. Astrology just offers us um, another tool for understanding uh, what is uh, what is going on. And certainly a lot of people are uh, into astrology because they look at it as a predictive tool. And it can indeed, I say it can um, do forecasting, but it does not do exact predictions. It uh, helps us understand the cycles of our life because life is very cyclical and we all experience certain chapters in our life when, let's say, we meet someone and we fall in love or we, uh, I don't know, get made redundant from our job, etc., etc. So astrology helps us understand, okay, what sort of life chapter am I in? What can I learn from this? When does it end? <laughs> uh, but it never predicts exact material manifestation astrology because we obviously, obviously, obviously have free will. It is up to us to decide what we do with what's happening outside of us, inside of us. No one and nothing will take that away from us. Excellent. Well, I mean, that's reassuring to know, I have to say, that Jupiter isn't directing our lives <laughs> entirely. So how is it then? I mean, a lot of people, obviously, who don't necessarily believe in it or think it's all hokey nonsense, how can the planets affect us, us humans on Earth, going about our daily business? All of that stuff's in the sky, going about its daily business. What's the connection there, do you think? How? I know this is a big question, obviously, but it's something I've always found interesting. How can the movement of the planets affect such small entities of our lives as whether we're going to change career or, you know, whether we'll fall in love? So any, any idea on how that works at all would be fascinating to me. Very, very good question. Uh, there's a lot of theories. I believe in the theory of synchronicity and also in the principle of macrocosmos and microcosm. Um, essentially, if we are part of a macrocosm, then we as a microcosm should reflect the greater um, as above, so below, as within, so without. It is said that everything uh, carries with it. I think Carl Jung said it. Everything that happens at a certain moment in time carries with it um, the unique blueprint of that moment in time. So it's not so much that um, Jupiter causes something to happen in your career. What happens with Jupiter is also somehow reflected, uh, let's say, in uh, the opportunities that you receive here on 
earth. So I would say it's more um, a matter of reflection um, and less a matter of um, causality uh, when it comes to how astrology functions. But certainly there are other astrologers that do believe that literally the movements of the planets uh, impact through uh, their um, energies, through their, uh, I, I don't know even how to call it, their magnetic power, um, what happens here on earth. I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm, I'm more of the uh, uh, as above, so below uh, synchronicity kind of uh, gal. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. And it does make a kind of sense because I read tarot cards. I used to do it a lot. And the Jungian explanation about synchronicity makes sense to me. So in that case, is there any way that the planets and their alignment at the moment we're born can they affect our personality, the kind of character we are? Because, I mean, that's something that horoscopes always go on about, isn't it? Oh, Virgos are neat and tidy and, you know, Leos are confident. I mean, is, is there any truth in that or is it much more complex than that when it comes to personality? I would say to a certain extent, um, our natal chart does reflect the potential that we carry with us in terms of personality. So let's give you an example. Uh, for instance, someone with the moon in Gemini might have a stronger need to communicate, to socialize, to share their thoughts than someone with their moon in Capricorn who has a much stronger need, for instance, to be very productive, to feel useful, to feel like they have accomplished something. But again, I do believe it has to do with the stars or the planets reflecting who we are rather than causing who we are. Uh, certainly, um, I also believe there is some truth uh, to um, what they say about uh, Virgos being um, neat and tidy and perfectionists, uh, Leos enjoying um, the stage. But inside all of us, we have somewhere in our natal chart <laughs> Uh, all 12 zodiac signs. And the zodiac signs are archetypes that um, exist inside the human psyche. So maybe we have a stronger attunement to the archetype of Virgo. Maybe we have uh, three planets in our natal chart placed in Virgo. So we may identify on a personal level with Virgo more. Or let's say we have three planets in Virgo in our seventh house of relationships, and we actually enter into relationships with people who are very Virgo-like in, um, in nature. The reason why people say, oh, Virgo is like this, Leo is like that, is because, again, um, in popular culture, we are very focused on what we call sun sign astrology. Again, based on the sign that the sun was in at the time of your birth. In astrology, the sun is correlated with the ego, with our core values, with what gives us a sense of identity, with our hero journey, with what we want to be seen as. So, of course, as a Virgo, uh, you could say that you are likely to take pride in the fact that you've got high standards or that you're very fastidious and meticulous. Um, as an Aquarius, you could take great pride in your originality, the fact that you're different from everyone else. But that doesn't mean that you are solely like that. Yeah. It just means it's something that you may identify with more uh, on, on a certain level. Well, that is a very interesting explanation, which I've never quite heard before, you know, because most people tend to say, oh, you know, it's all nonsense. But it, there is some sense to it. I can see that. So, I mean, another question that, that has occurred to me is if two babies are born on the same, you know, around the same time in the same hospital, are they very likely to have similar life paths according to astrology? Because that's how the sky is laid out when they're born. Or are there many more factors that are going to influence that? I would say they are likely to have um, a similar potential in terms of personality development. But what we become 
is also obviously the product of uh, our uh, upbringing, of our culture, of our school, of the environment that we uh, that we grow up in. And again, someone's natal chart might be able to reflect that uh, to a certain degree. They might be able to say, by looking in someone's chart, I could say, for instance, it looked like in your home environment growing up, there was a tremendous focus on, um, let's say, what is fair, uh, on equality, on these sort of like principles. But astrology will never never tell you exact material manifestation. It will never tell you your mom told you this or your dad was this or uh, this is more um, a misconception that people have about uh, astrology. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So tell me then, one fascinating thing to me is astrological compatibility. Should we be looking at birth charts and astrological signs before we commit to your partner to go, well, I am not going to get on with that star sign, you know, or this is a brilliant star sign for me. I mean, is, is there truth in that? Should I be checking out what my partner is? I, uh, well, I'm going to give you my example, uh, Flick. Um, essentially, before uh, moving from my natal uh, Romania to the UK uh, to be with my now husband, I actually did check our charts for compatibility to see what the relationship was like. And I, I, I liked what I saw there. But I always advise people, you go ahead and be with whoever it is that you want to be. And if you want to make the relationship work even better, if you want to understand your partner even better uh, at a psychological level in terms of their patterns, their triggers, if you want to understand how they might trigger you, Yes, do get a compatibility uh, reading with an astrologer is something that that I also offer as a service. But don't make a decision as to whether you're going to be with someone or not, because you are already drawn to them. You're attracted to them. Clearly, there's something there. And a relationship that maybe on paper doesn't necessarily look great has much higher chances of working um, if you put effort into it. And if you become aware of the other person's needs, then a relationship that looks great on paper, fantastic compatibility, and actually everyone is kind of like too caught up in their own small bubble or in their own universe and too preoccupied with what's going on with them to be open to what is uh, actually going on with their partner. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. So basically, I'm a Virgo and I live with a Taurian man and we're engaged and we've been together for seven years. Is Virgo and Taurus a good thing? Yes, 100%. Um, generally... Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Flick, I'm happy to be the bearer of good news. <laughs> In general, there is um, a very easy flowing kind of relationship between signs of the same element. So uh, Virgo and Taurus or Aquarius and Gemini. In astrology, there's four elements, fire, water, air, and earth. And uh, signs of the same element generally tend to gravitate towards each other, to feel like they're on each other's team. They feel like mates, like friends. It's, it's easier. Uh, let's, let's put it this way. Oh, this is so fascinating. So my ex was a Gemini and we had terrible trouble. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does. It's actually quite common for Geminis and Virgos to come together because you are both ruled by Mercury. You're uh -huh. both mercurial signs. Okay. But you go about your mercurial energy in a very different uh, manner. So Gemini can be a lot more, uh, let's say, spread out, scattered. A Virgo can be a lot more focused in terms of how they use their mercurial energy. But certainly there is, there is an affinity there. You have a common planetary ruler. 
That's very interesting. Now, talking of Mercury, whenever anything goes wrong in my life, whether it's communication based or anything else, I just go, oh, well, Mercury's retrograde then. Because years ago, I read that because Mercury rules communication, you know, <laughs> and it goes retrograde in the sky sometimes, it causes havoc. So is that true? I mean, really, is it just nonsense or is it true? Let's put it, let's put it this way. Um, Mercury actually in, from an astronomical perspective, not an astrological perspective, doesn't actually go retrograde. It just slows down and it apparently goes retrograde because the the earth moves a little bit faster three times a year compared to Mercury. So Mercury doesn't even go retrograde. It is our perspective that makes it look uh, that way. Symbolically speaking, because astrology is a language of symbols after all, yes, indeed, Mercury does govern communication. Uh, When Mercury is uh, going retrograde, it's a great time to revisit, um, let's say, uh, old connections, to um, do some editing in terms of writing, to uh, review uh, maybe something that you've worked on, um, something very mercurial, like a document, a book, uh, maybe an advertising campaign. And indeed, there is a tendency maybe for things to get a little bit lost in translation when Mercury is uh, retrograde. That's why I recommend double check that that email has left your inbox. Uh, (laughs) Check your sender. Look out for typos. Uh, Mercury also rules transportation in astrology. So there can be challenges with transportation, maybe delays. I mean, certainly in the UK, we are in full-blown Mercury retrograde. Well, I was about to say, that <laughs> as we speak in exactly. the petrol crisis that's exactly. amazing how funny so okay when's it going back to normal 18th of october on the 18th of october ah <laughs> oh, okay so only a couple of weeks to go exactly getting there <laughs> that's fascinating i love this so now i know that obviously it's not just about sun signs so can you tell us a bit about how moon signs and ascendant signs work as well? Absolutely. So um, the moon sign and the ascendant are as important as our sun sign. Whilst the sun is our ego and our sense of identity, the moon governs our feelings and our emotions. And our moon sign is obviously based on the sign that the moon was in at that moment in time when we caught our first uh, breath. The ascendant or the rising sign because they're many times used interchangeably, is the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the time of our uh, birth. Because how do zodiac signs work? Essentially, um, zodiac signs take into account the apparent path of the sun around the earth. And that path called the ecliptic is divided into 12 sections. And those 12 sections, those portions of the sky are the 12 uh, zodiac signs. So the ascendant is the sign that was rising on the eastern horizon at the time of our birth. And the ascendant is very important because the ascendant governs how we approach reality. It is our filter through which we see reality and through which reality looks back at us. Um, It is connected with how we appear in the world. Uh, For instance, people sometimes ask me, oh, you're an astrologer. Uh, What is my sun sign? I'm like, I have no idea, but I might be able to see your ascendant because the ascendant governs our demeanor, our style, our appearance, how we come across out into the world. And it is also connected symbolically with how we begin things. 
And when it comes to horoscopes that you read in magazines or that you listen to on YouTube, I always recommend to people, listen to the horoscope or read the horoscope for your ascendant, because the ascendant is how you approach reality. It is how you uh, begin everything. It is your window to the world. So you might actually feel like you resonate more with your ascendant horoscope than with your sun sign. Um, the moon is super important because the moon tells us what we need in order to feel safe, secure, in harmony with ourselves. It also governs our uh, emotions and our instinctive reactions. So it doesn't even matter that you are uh, a sun in Leo. If you've got your moon in Pisces, you might be a lot more quiet, a lot more sensitive, a lot more likely to maybe fly under the radar instinctively than what people expect from a sun in Leo who is kind of like flashy in your face, or at least that's what that's how people see it. Obviously, we are a very complex machinery and our astrology reflects that. There will be inner conflicts inside of us. There will be opposing or apparently opposing forces that are shown by our astrology. And that's okay. That's what makes life so interesting. Yeah, that is really fascinating because, you know, I've got my moon in cancer and I'm very home loving. Somebody once said that was an important thing. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That is fascinating. So obviously that's people and we are endlessly complex in our humanness, but can astrology also pinpoint world events? Can it suggest there will be conflict, you know, at particular points perhaps or climate events or, you know, things like that? Can you look at the sky and, and draw up a chart and say, this is where the world's going? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A big yes to that wow. uh, flick. Actually, um, there is a separate branch called mundane astrology that uh, only concerns itself with the evolution of worldly events. Generally, astrologers do either natal chart astrology focused on individuals or mundane astrology. I'm mostly focused on individuals, but certainly it's always interesting to look at a mundane level. Yes, there are ways to time things in astrology. Let's call them big milestone moments in the evolution of humanity as, as a whole. Uh, according to the movements of slower moving planets. You're going to laugh, but Jupiter, uh, Saturn, uh, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. And generally when these planets either come together, they form an aspect, they form a conjunction, you can look back in time and say, okay, this is when, when, when this significant, uh, let's say, event took place. Um, for instance, when the dreaded virus came to be, uh, when the pandemic started, um, what happened was actually in the sky, we had a very rare, I mean, I'm talking here about like decades kind of rare meeting between Saturn, Jupiter and Pluto in the sign of Capricorn. So yes, there are ways to uh, look at the astrology and to predict in a sense what sort of uh, developmental cycle we find ourselves in from a collective standpoint. But again, it will never predict this year is the year when we have, let's say, a pandemic, or this is the year when we have a war, God forbid. But it just tells us the magnitude of what is happening and how that is likely to influence society as a whole. And that's why these events only happen roughly every other decade or once in like a few hundred years, actually. I'm talking here about like more than more than two planets coming together out of these uh, uh, slower moving planets. So can you tell sort of what's going to be likely to happen 
from October in 2022. Is there anything on the horizon we should be looking out for, being worried about or reassured by? <laughs> yes, I, I, I would certainly say there is actually quite a lot to be looking forward to in uh, 2022. Wrong. In 2022, we're not, I'm like, we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> Jupiter, Jupiter uh, which is a planet connected with opportunities, growth and expansion, is uh, moving into the sign of Pisces. And Pisces is connected with healing. Um, it is connected with uh, compassion. Uh, it is connected with uh, helping those that are suffering. So certainly I would say throughout most of 2022 with a small gap over the summer, we can expect a surge in healing, also a surge in compassion and maybe in um, help towards uh, those who are in need of it at a at a collective level um, across uh, across the world, um, we continue to have Saturn placed in the sign of Aquarius. Saturn is connected with uh, boundaries, laws, structures, rules, and with Saturn in the sign of Aquarius throughout uh, 2022 until March 2023, we can probably continue to experience new rules at the level of the population at a group type of uh, level that maybe, maybe feel like they are a little bit, let's say, not necessarily infringing upon um, individual freedoms, but taking less into account the individual and more into account the group and what works for groups of people rather than worrying about I don't know, Sue from uh, Liverpool not being able to do what she used to do on her own up until this uh, up until this point. Um, that's kind of what we can be what we can be uh, looking forward to. Also, from January next year until July 2023, we have a very important uh, point in astrology called the North Node that is moving into the sign of Taurus. Taurus in astrology um, is connected with um, food agriculture, um, food resources, land, mm. property, and the North Node is connected with innovation. So we will probably experience, um, let's say, an innovative approach when it comes to how we go about maybe procuring our food or how we go about uh, using the resources of the planet. Certainly, um, climate change and sustainability are at the top of our agenda. It's probably going to be uh, even more prominent, astrologically speaking, obviously, uh, we, we shall see if that actually happens from January next year. Well, that is fascinating. And obviously, I'm going to ring you up on the 30th of January and say, so Roxy, you were right. <laughs> I really want to know now. I can't wait to find out. So we need to finish soon because honestly, I could talk about this for several more hours. But do you think that more people are turning to astrology now to make sense of their life? I mean, we've lived through a very, very disruptive and troubling period for many people. There's been a lot of grief and fear and worry. I mean, is it something, it's a very ancient art, obviously, but is it drawing people back in uh, into the idea that we can connect with the planets and make better sense of our life here on Earth? I would 100% say so. Uh, yes, people are facing a lot of uncertainty and uh, people are looking for a way to feel connected, for a way to feel like their life makes sense, like they have a purpose, like all of this has meaning. And they are searching for, I would also say, the lessons in all of this. So indeed, astrology is a spiritual tool and a language that can help us understand 
the meaning of our life almost, the purpose of our life. And it's a tool for self-knowledge and self-awareness and also a tool that puts things into context. And it says, okay, this period of life for you is about this. Maybe it would be a great idea rather than focusing on what everyone and their mother is doing around you to maybe narrow in, hone in on this particular aspect of your life because it feels disconcerting in this day and age. And certainly people uh, back in the day did not have this issue. It feels disconcerting to constantly keep comparing ourselves with anyone and everyone. We've got social media, we've got uh, the news, and it's a great thing because in a sense we are connected. But on the other hand, it's like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Should I be uh, carrying on as usual in my career? Should I maybe change my career? Uh, what is my neighbor doing? So astrology can kind of like help you recenter a bit and come back to yourself. Many of my clients say, oh, I've always felt like this, but I never knew how to say it. Or there wasn't anything from the outside kind of confirming this thing that I felt. So astrology can feel like this external tool with this person who is completely not invested at all in your life, a tool of confirmation of saying, yes, what you're feeling is actually accurate and you should be pursuing that, but completely up to you, free will. Free will, fantastic. Well, I think we need more rocks in our lives. So how can people access more of your wisdom on YouTube? What's what's your channel? My channel is Written in the Stars by Rux. So Written in the Stars by R-U-X. There you go, fantastic. So if you need to know more, there are your answers right there with Rux herself. So thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And obviously I'm gonna get my birth chart done now because I need to know more, frankly. So <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. And if you enjoyed it and would like to read more, keep up with all the latest news and views on Yahoo Style UK, check it out and don't miss the next episode. Thanks for listening.